Welcome to The Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. One of today's sponsors is Chick-fil-A East Peoria. You can visit them online at cfaeastpeoria.com. Our sponsor today is our favorite option for online counseling with a spiritually informed and professionally licensed counselor. Visit faithfulcounseling.com slash the savvy sauce to receive 10% off your first month. Hello, everyone. Whenever we do an episode related to personality, we seem to get a lot of interest because I think it helps us feel understood and then we can better understand and relate to others in return. These lessons equip us to extend more grace and patience in our relationships. And I'm thrilled to now get to re-air the sixth most downloaded episode from last year, Four Personality Types with Dale Wilshire. Welcome to the Savvy Sauce, Dale. Oh, it's great to be with you, Laura. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And let's just start this off by getting a snapshot of your life right now. My life is exciting and uh, crazy. So I just got married in June. I was a single mom for six years before that. And so that is a brand new adventure that I am just thrilled about. I have four daughters, ages 16, 19, 21, and 23. So uh, one's still at home, a couple in college, and one's an intern at a ministry. Um, I live near uh, Boulder, Colorado. And for work, kind of what we're talking about, I'm a life and strength coach, I'm a speaker, and a personality trainer. So I love what I get to do and get to empower my daughters and their authentic selves. Well, you're definitely a sought-after teacher, and your teachings are rooted in Christ. So I'm just curious, how do you answer listeners who are asking these age-old questions? Who am I and why am I here? The big ones. You know, I mean, we can speak certainly to the identity of as believers that we are here with the opportunity to meet Christ and serve him. And I speak about identity uh, in terms of just being loved and, and one of the daughters of our father in heaven. But I talk to all kinds of groups. I also speak about it in terms of you know, who am I? Who is your authentic self? And there's eight essentials to your authentic self as far as understanding how you were designed and both strengths and, and limitations. And I talk to people about understanding their values, which are the desires that God has given them in their heart, which really are kind of like breadcrumbs that he has laid down to determine your path and your purpose and talk about things like understanding truth in your mind so that you are not living out of someone becoming someone that you're not supposed to be or believing lies, seeing a different side of yourself than what God created. So talking about boundaries and goals and the vision that God has. So I think in terms of when people understand the definition of who they are, then they have direction in terms of what they're here to do. And that is what I love to do with people. That's incredible. There's so much to unpack there, but I think we'd all agree that we want to live by our authentic design. So uh -huh. let's just start there. What yeah. are the four different personality types that you teach about and how do each of us discover our own type? 
Yes. Well, I describe these four types with a name that I think gets to the heart of, in the case of what we're talking about here, what a mom does. Uh, but certainly personality is for everyone on the planet. And I will say that gender creates a bit of a layer as far as how people live out of their personality, uh, a variety of things, you know, where you are in the family. But if we just look at personality, I describe them as connectors, doers, improvers and stabilizers, those four. And the kind of the classic extroverts, when we think of those that are more public in nature and more active, uh, louder, usually called bossy when they were younger, those are the connectors and the doers. And the connectors are highly optimistic and they value constant communication, friendly connection, and a big old community. So they're kind of our social butterfly folks who connect us. Their great desire is to connect with others, much like Christ came to connect us to God. And then there are the doers, and the doers are fast-moving, risk-taking uh, women and men who just get stuff done. They're kind of large and in, in charge, and, and they're always in control. And control is not a bad thing. Controlling is, but God has autonomy and, and allows us to be responsible for our lives. So this category of woman is just always trying to act out her faith by what she does for others um, and usually pretty intensely. Then we've got improvers and improvers are more in the introverted side of things and on the task side. So they're deep and thoughtful with an eye for beauty and a desire for perfection and an incredible knack for planning. They can be artistic, um, usually very good with detail and planning. They show us how God wants to make us better. They have an eye for that kind of thing because they are improvers. And then finally, they're the stabilizers. And the stabilizers reflect God's consistency and his faithfulness. They are soft-hearted and patient, very dependable, and they value tenderness and warmth and comfort. And so they reflect that piece of who God is and kind of remind us that side. So one of the best ways that you can determine what which one of these four types you are is to go on our website. We have a mom quiz. It's not just for moms, but it's got questions related to what a mom does. And that's called youraauthenticpersonality.com right there on the homepage. And you can just take that quiz it takes about five minutes and it will give you a quick result. And then there's some deeper dives that we can talk about later to give you an idea of where you might land on uh, the type of mom God has designed you to be. I love that overview. And you've also described it as kind of a slice of the pie, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And you want people to see their slice of God's design that we're created to reflect. So each of us have a little sliver of him that we're image bearers of. Is that right? Yeah, that's how I see this. I see uh, that when we were created in the image of God, everyone on the planet, uh, we have a piece of him. His personality is given to us, but because that's too vast to be contained in any one person, we all get a slice of his image. And I think this speaks to how we were made as parts of his body, that not one of us is everything. We were never meant to be everything to everyone, even though we might like to be and other people might like us to be. That is Jesus. He is, you know, in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So he's all of it, all of the strengths, none of the weaknesses. And certainly God, the father is this, the whole concept of, of God in the Holy Spirit as well. But the rest of us are a slice. So we each kind of have a flavor 
that reflects a different expression of him and how we were created to be. So yes, we are a slice and we don't need to be embarrassed that we're a slice or ashamed that we can't do everything. It just causes us to need others and to need the Lord. So then how do we learn to appreciate our slice instead of comparing it to others? Yeah, especially in an age of social media where I feel like it's always right in your face what other people are doing and being and certainly on their best day. I think as a coach, one of the best ways that I have seen for people to kind of inhabit and steward their slice is by really seeing it from a positive perspective. Too often, we are aware of our weaknesses. You know, we were told when we were young, as I mentioned with some of the extroverts, you're too loud or you're too bossy. Or in the case of improvers, many of them were told you're too serious. You need to lighten up, you know, put a smile on that face. Or stabilizers were told to, you know, kind of wake up that they are just too chill or or maybe they were called lazy. Usually we are noticed when we're younger by our weaknesses and we feel a lot of shame around that. And so we tend to try to hide those aspects of ourselves, But if we can start to see the beauty in which we were made in God's image. So I always say, you know, chapter three of Genesis, where we had the fall and weaknesses started to creep in, that actually came after chapter one. Chapter one is where we were made in God's image for a purpose, to steward parts of him to the world. That is more original to who we are. And if we can keep in mind what we were designed to be and do for him in the best sense of that word, then I believe that we can live out of it much more than if we are just kind of hiding and embarrassed about the weaknesses of our type. And with this, it's such a big concept to grasp. And so I'd still love to get more descriptors on each of these types. And I know that you talk about each one having a superpower. So could you just elaborate on that? I do call it a superpower, which is slightly goofy, but it's a great way of showing that there are certain things that you were designed in your type to do better than than the other types. And this is God's design. He knew by giving you this particular slice that you would really be able to kill it on these things. So I talk about the superpowers, say, of a doer, and those are motivating and decisive, organized, multitasking, and brave. And in the book and on the website, I go into a lot more detail, but those are five common areas of strength that you bring to the table for your family and for the world. It will definitely speak to your purpose, but the flavor that God intended for you to bring to your family as a mom. For connectors, it's a little different. Your superpowers are optimism and expressiveness, socialism, not, I should say that you're being social, you're not a socialist, Uh, you're adventurous and you're encouraging. Uh, There's just this ability to be light and to kind of go into a place of belief that is amazing in the way you reflect God. For the superpowers, for the stabilizer are that you're diplomatic, that you're nurturing, that you're loyal and patient and peaceful. These are things that you may think are something everybody else can do, but they're not. You, more than any of the other three types, are able to bring those qualities to us. Things like peacefulness, talking us off the ledge, we are grateful for that. And finally, improvers, their superpowers are planning and compassion, which means to suffer with. They have the ability to go really deep with people, truly into their suffering, being conscientious, quality conscious, and very academic. 
So there are also leadership qualities that I speak of in the book that are similar to these. And again, your flavor as a leader, because each one of these four types is a leader. And as soon as you had a child, somebody was following you. And so God meant for you to use these strengths in leading your family. That's incredible to hear as it plays out with relationships with others. And I'm just curious then, what tips do you have as recommendations for us to grow or develop our innate type? You know, our slice is a part of being on the planet. You know, everyone on the planet was made in God's image. But for those of us who follow Christ, we have the ability to have them be infused with the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting is some people believe that the more you become like Christ, the more you become kind of all different personalities. And I do not see it that way. There's a great quote by a Christian psychologist, David Benner. He wrote a book called The Gift of Being Yourself. And he said, as we become more and more like Christ, we become more and more uniquely our own true self. And that is the way I see it. You'll become probably stronger in your strengths and weaker in your weaknesses, but you're not going to look like everybody else. You're just going to be more defined. So one of the ways that the Gallup organization with StrengthsFinder, which is a tool that I use with clients as well, what they talk about development of strengths is in three areas that number one, you need a knowledge of your strengths, that if you do not know that you have something, how can you build it? And that is why I list out these common areas of superpowerness so that people can start to think, huh, never really thought about that. Maybe, maybe that is one of mine. So knowledge of your strengths. Two is developing skills in association with them. And this is completely counterintuitive to how we work. Most people see something that's wrong. Like think of it with your kids. If your kids are pretty good in reading and math, but then they really are struggling in science, we put all of our energy into science and we're just grateful that they're doing well in the others. But if all we do is deal with our weaknesses, we will never develop our strengths. And so while it's important that we manage our weaknesses, we're aware of those. We always will need Christ for those areas. They're kind of like holes in our boat. We need to plug them so that then we can start to move the boat in terms of purpose about where we're supposed to go. So developing strengths that are in keeping. So if you are a powerful doer and you're very organized, how might you even study minimalism more to find other ways to organize your family, to bring about a greater sense of responsibility to your family? So it's kind of taking the things you feel like you're already pretty good at and leveling those up. And then the final thing that StrengthsFinder will talk about in terms of building your strengths and developing your slice further is just time. It just takes time to do that. So you have to have knowledge, you apply more skills, you don't spend all your time fixing your weaknesses, and you do this over a period of time. And motherhood, they say between 10 and 17 years is what they say. And you know, that could be a period of time while your kids are at home or before that they launch. In that time, you are at world class on these strengths. So when you say 10 to 17 years, do you mind clarifying what is that number? That's related what to? they say. Yeah. So their uh, languaging is that you have a talent theme. I'm calling that, you know, the strengths of your slice. And it's kind of just potential. It's there to be used. And if you are able to strengthen it, to use it, to have more ability. Again, if you have the gift of diplomacy, 
so that you will seek out opportunities to mediate and find common ground for others. You, you will start to apply yourself into those that once you start to do that, and it doesn't mean we came to motherhood having never built our strengths. It's just an ongoing process. But between 10 and 17 years to turn what is potential into a world-class type of strength. So doesn't mean we're starting, like I said, from the time our children are born, but we can use motherhood as a great opportunity to continue building uh, the strengths of our slice. Oh, that is fascinating. I love that. And now a brief message from our sponsor. As always, I want to say a huge thank you to our consistent and loyal sponsor, Chick-fil-A East Peoria. Let me just highlight four of my favorite things about Chick-fil-A East Peoria. First, if you like free food, you've got to download their free app. Simply stated, when you eat more chicken, you get to enjoy more treats. Also, if you've never visited them for breakfast, you're totally missing out. It's served Monday through Saturday from 6.30 a.m. until 10.30 a.m. It is full of mouth-watering options, and as always, they have healthy options available that are low in calories, high in protein, and unbelievable in taste. Third, if you want to work alongside positive, cheerful, and super inspiring people, you should consider joining their team. Visit CFAEastPeoria.com to fill out an application. There are roles in marketing, hospitality, and administration that you may not think of when you envision Chick-fil-A. So check them out and apply today. Finally, their generosity blows me away. For example, you can follow them on social media to find out more about the tens of thousands of dollars they've given away in college scholarships. These are just a few reasons why Chick-fil-A East Peoria is my favorite brand. Visit them in the Levy District or check them out online at cfaeastpeoria.com. If you've hung around the Savvy Sauce podcast for long, you know how much we love counseling. That's because we believe it can be transformational allowing you to live with freedom, clarity, and purpose. I may be biased, but I only recommend meeting with a Jesus follower who is professionally trained as a counselor. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about a safe, affordable, and online option. It's our sponsor, faithfulcounseling.com slash the savvy sauce. And when you sign up with that link, you will receive 10% off counseling for your first month. Many of our guests have gone to greater heights after meeting with their counselor. Other guests have talked about their marriage being revived or better understanding their past once they made the commitment to trust the process and meet with a counselor. Whether you are feeling stuck, sluggish, overwhelmed, or just proactively looking for a relationship tune-up, I would love to suggest this option for counseling. FaithfulCounseling.com slash the savvy sauce. For each of these four categories, how does self-care look different for each type of parent? Oh, I give an entire talk on self-care, and um, I think it's such an important concept for us as moms to be able to recognize our, our limitations, not only you know, to give ourselves the ability to care for our people better, but also to model for our children that they will need rest. And they knew a mom who took rest. But each of the types has different needs. They have different stressors 
and therefore they have different self-care needs. And oftentimes what we think is, you know, I need comfort. Nobody else I know needs comfort. What's wrong with me? Well, could be that nobody else shares your slice. So I'm just going to list out some self-care needs that are very common for each of these four types so that you might get a sense of, huh, okay, then I can go after those because you probably won't need every self-care need that you'll ever hear of. So the stabilizers, they need things like peace with God. And while we all need time with God because they are peaceful, I think in terms of a spiritual goal with them is to really have that peace with God. They do need comfort. They need rest. The introverted types typically have a lower energy level. So different ways to get rest. They need affirmation. Often stabilizers, they're just much more serving individuals and they don't always see their strengths in the same way. So to be affirmed and who they are and what they bring. And then they need family time. They're definitely the nesters. Everybody nests when you're having a child, but they kind of continue to nest you know, for years to come. Improvers are a little different. They need to go deep with God. And there's a variety of ways I talk about how you can do that. Always harder when you have younger kids. They need solitude. They're not antisocial. They just have more sensitivity to outside stimuli. So they need more solitude. They need order. They need beauty and sensitivity. They need people who get them. And that may not be something, say, a doer needs. Doers need goals. That's actually self-care for them. And to have goals around your relationship with God, whether you're reading a certain chapter of the Bible or you're going after a certain character quality that you would like him to manifest in your life, such as patience, something like that. They need exercise. I often say they need a job. Doers, and that doesn't have to be a paid job, but doers have the ability to multitask and a kind of a a desire to hold a lot of responsibility. So they usually will need more than just if they're, say, stay-at-home moms, they will need to add to that in some way, whether it's a position in an organization, something that allows them to take on more responsibility. They need celebration because they're always checking off a to-do list, so they need a to-done list. They need to be able to celebrate what they have accomplished so that they can have a sense of gratitude for what God allows them to do. They also need organization. And then finally, connectors, they need to talk. There are great communicators. They need to talk to God all the time. And all of us need that, but this is just a little bit more heightened for them. They need exercise because they have so much energy. If they don't burn that off, they will drive the rest of us crazy. They need fun. That's what their world is about. They need variety and they will always, always need people in their lives. And I love on one of your blog posts that you said they need adult time because you said they need people, but they need adults because the kids don't count. Is that right? Yes. I mean, when your children are little, certainly, you know, those are people, but if they cannot speak to you in ways that don't need you, (laughs) then they don't, they don't count in the same way as far as filling your tank back up. You'll love, if you're a connector, you'll love being with your people, but if you want it to be restorative, then you need to be with some adult people. I related to that one, especially because I am a connector. So that Uh, hit home. And that's interesting. I want to take it one step further. You said that's because when your children are talking to you, it's usually they need something from Mm -hmm. you. Could you just elaborate on that? Are you saying that you just need 
people who don't need you. Who don't need you. Who just, you get to have fun with, you get to enjoy, you get to converse about something that doesn't seem to just be about need. So it does need to feel like something you can hold loosely. You will always enjoy the companionship of others, but it won't quite feel the same if it's a little person who also needs you to make their breakfast, lunch, and dinner and get them to the bathroom and put them to bed. That's not the same kind of self-care. Oh, that's great clarification. So these are some of the things that fill up each type. Is there also a list of things that would drain each of the types? Yes. And there's usually opposite. So, and you'll be married to your opposite. If you spend some time looking into this, if you're a doer, many times you're married to a stabilizer and those are opposites. So you probably have stressors that are completely different. The same goes for the improvers and the connectors. So for improvers, stressors, remember they need solitude. So things like large crowds, that drives them crazy crazy. Things like disorder or people breaking rules because they're all about perfection. Fast deadlines because they want to do it right. And when you rush them, they will feel stressed. So those are some of the things you see with stressors. With stabilizers, it's high emotions. They run so steady and stable, even in their emotional bandwidth. So you might jump around going, it's the best day of my life. And, And they're just like, it's fine. It's normal. But they keep us from going to those extremes. So those kind of severe swings and emotions can be very stressful to them. Any kind of conflict, because these are our peace lovers, our peace bringers. Fast paced, they do not like to feel rushed. Part of the way that they are able to care for others is because they take time with others. So when they feel rushed, or if there's an expectation of multitasking, that can really stress them out because they do so much better when they can do one thing at a time. When I work with stabilizers, One of the problems I hear about is just a sense of overwhelm because motherhood certainly brings that. And so one of the things we do is start to create a prioritized list of one thing at a time so that they can start to kind of march again because too many things coming at them is too much. Connectors, things that stress them out are isolation. Since they're, you know, people, people, then you put them in the room all by themselves. That is the worst thing that could happen to them. Where the improver, they're like, please send me to my room all by myself. So the stress for a connector is not being liked. And that doesn't have to be narcissistic. If you're meant to connect with others and people don't like you, then you cannot inspire them. You cannot influence them in any way. So those kinds of problems with people are very hard for them. If they're excluded, if they cannot express themselves since they're really strong talkers, then that is something that's hard for them. Things like precision or negativity will take them down every time. And then the final one is the doer. The stressors for the doer are things like irresponsibility because they are so ultra responsible. They start to get stressed when people are taking too long to make a decision. Slow deliberation, and they're going to want to jump in there and make a decision for you. They don't like to take orders. That stresses them because they would like to be able to have some autonomy over the way things go when they lose control or they feel helpless. Also, when they just lose, if they are all about winning. So you want a doer on your team. And all these things, again, can be kind of good things or they can go south because it's really important to point out that a weakness is usually just a strength that has gone too far. If I am efficient with my time, but then I take that too far, I become rude and abrupt to others. 
You know, if I am really peaceful and relaxed, but that goes too far, I can become indifferent to others. So it's important to realize that there's two sides to these and we just want to kind of get them into the sweet spot so that we can live out of strength. And it's really interesting to think of it in a marital relationship and even with our children, because if you have more than one in your home, I'm sure statistically you're going to see different types. Absolutely. I would have killed for a stabilizer child and I didn't get one of those, but I did get all the other three. So, you know, when you have some of those stronger personalities, you're going to need more naps, you know, as a mom, because it takes a lot more energy. There's kind of two areas that parents struggle in that that is when your child is your opposite because you just don't get them. You don't know why they would want things that you would never want. Why do they want a million playdates? What's wrong with them? Or are they antisocial? Why don't they have more people over? Or the other one that's tough is when they're just like you, because what will happen is we will be more attuned to their weaknesses because those are things in our life that we probably had not gained victory over and we'll be pretty tough on them. That's interesting. And are you a doer? I am. I am a doer connector, much more doer. But typically, and this does not come out in the quiz, the quiz can only reveal one. But most of us having done hundreds of these, most of us are majors and minors. Again, there are compatible blends. And then there are those who come up with opposites. And we always are aware of that because I do not believe God put us into internal conflict as a part of his design. Usually one of those is the base layer that he brought us to have. And then the other is more of a persona or a mask that we adapt in order to please others, which is very common for women. I just always like when people can sort through and find out what is the real them, the authentic mom type, and then just be grateful of the skills they've you know received from the other. Okay. So you're saying if you took the maybe 2.0 test and you were able to see where you yep. scored on all of them, that you would not be, for instance, a doer and a stabilizer because those are opposite if you're looking at quadrants. Exactly right. And this happens quite a bit when I go out and speak that people will be improver connectors in the way they take it. And this is also on the website for yourauthenticpersonality.com that there is a free download of a personality test that you're welcome to go get. And some people will do it and have their husband take it. But it is one that you just kind of check the box. So I always encourage people Please only check the boxes of what you most naturally do. You know, yes, there are days that I can be patient. And certainly I cared for and nurtured my children, but I am not known for my patience. And I am not known as as a gentle type. I kind of love fiercely. So it's important that I not check the boxes that say patient. Not to say that I'm never that. It's one of the fruits of the spirit that I work toward, but it is not one of my superpowers. So it's really important when you take those tests that you do what you most often do, not what you can do. You know, not when you've had a (laughs) full night's sleep and uh, you've got your good manners on. Don't fill it out like that. It's not helpful. Oh, that's good. And now once we realize that God has equipped us to use our slice, why do you think that we need to go a step further and then share our slice? 
Yeah, I think that's why we've been given our slice. I was reading a blog the other day by a Christian neuropsychiatrist that I really like, and and she was talking about the problem with self-help and that it makes you too self-focused. And it's interesting because I've really never looked at the term self-help that way, because to me, the only reason that we understand ourselves and we spend time knowing who God created us to be is so that we can serve others with it. That it is a knowledge that leads to our purpose. Again, to be defined leads to direction. And it was never just for us. You know, uh, God will work through our personalities. He will use them. But it is part of being in the body. If you are a liver, you know, you got to go out and be the best liver ever. We need you. And uh, that's the same with your slice. That uh, is a great quote by Mother Teresa who says, you can do what I cannot do. And I can do what you cannot do, but together we can do great things. And to me, that is the body of Christ. We were meant to be a variety pack because we were all coming together to do our part. And I think you're really bringing to life 1 Corinthians 12 and ultimately that it really is just a stewardship piece. It is. That, okay, so God is the one that's the giver of this gift. And so maybe it could be false humility that's tripping us up if Mm -hmm. we don't want to become our full authentic self. That could be false humility when really he has gifted you with this personality for you to steward it well. Amen. I think that that is one of the biggest problems that women face. I I work with primarily women. And so I hear it all the time that it feels selfish to look at myself and to spend this time, you know, I want to be like Christ. I want to be selfless. And yet all we're doing is seeing what he has gifted us with, as you you know said so well, that uh, if you've got something great in your purse, but you have no idea that it's there, it's of no use to anyone. And so I see it as actually, like you'd said, it's not selfishness, it's stewardship, that we really need to know what we have, but also that we build it. If it's raw, it needs to become refined. You know, muscles do not come full strength. They need to be worked. They need to be built to be the most useful. So I absolutely agree with you. And that idea definitely didn't originate with me. I've been learning about stewardship for years and through Chick-fil-A have learned a bunch. And then somebody who's been a returning guest on the podcast, Jeff Henderson, I'll link to some of his episodes in the show notes as well, but he really drives this idea home. And I think it's always biblical and always encouraging as a reminder. Sorry to interrupt, but we just wanted to remind you to give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. This helps more people discover the savvy sauce and ultimately hear the good news of Jesus. Thanks for partnering with us. We truly have the kindest and most helpful listeners. And so now that we hopefully have all identified our type, what are the lies and the truths of each type? It's so interesting because it is absolutely connected with your strengths. For example, most connectors do make people happy. They bring light and joy to people's lives. But what can happen is you can start to feel as if your value is attached to your ability to make others happy. 
And you'll feel like if I can't connect with someone else, who am I? You know, if I cannot infuse faith or hope and love into someone in my family, who am I? So you don't feel like yourself. And the same goes for each of the types. So with an improver, their lie is that I am most valuable when I am perfect or when my family is perfect. You know, if they can't bring order and discipline into their home or their kids keep making mistakes or they lose compassion for someone, they'll feel like, who am I if I'm not doing that? Same with the stabilizer. They feel more valuable when they're caring for others and keeping the peace. You know, if they're not able to absorb someone's pain, then they feel like they are not themselves. They feel like if they can't bring harmony to a family or provide a safe, secure environment, then they feel like they are not themselves and they're not bringing their best self. For the doer, it's all about high productivity because they can get a lot done. But when it all falls apart, as it did for me during motherhood, and you can't get anything done, you start to wonder, is God pleased with me if I'm not able to deliver these things, if I'm not being myself? Anything that makes us feel more acceptable, more presentable, more likable or lovable to God or to others has to be dethroned, even if it's our strengths. And I see this as a pruning that the purpose of pruning, that there will come a time, this is some of the deepest work that usually God will do in our lives, depending on our type, is that he will take away your strengths and he will prune them. But we have to remember it is not meant as a punishment. It is to make us more fruitful and more productive on the other side. Once we can know for sure, every one of us, that our value and our acceptability before God is only based on one thing, and that's the fact that we are his daughter. That's it. And that ties into another question. Do you just have a final word of encouragement for each one of these types? I am so happy when I get to see each type feel proud of who they are and shine that reflection of God. And, you know, for doers and improvers, they're the ones that are more task oriented. It is often hard in the church and in society to feel like that is the expression of God they want to bring power and precision. They feel like I should be more soft and supple. And sometimes in the church, we like our women in a different way. And but God made no mistake. He made you in the way he wanted you to show him. So I want doers to go out and be powerful and show the beauty of what that looks like when it is coming from God. I want stabilizers to be out there offering peace, showing what the peace of God looks like. And that is a firm peace for sure. I want improvers again to to be able to make us better in the way that they can see what's wrong so they can add excellence to our character and to bring us back into alignment with the law and, and what is righteous. And I want connectors to feel the ability to express and inspire us and to remind us of the light and the hope that we have in Jesus. I want each one of these types to not try to be someone else or not feel ashamed that they don't have the qualities of another part of the body, but to be grateful that someone else can do what they can't do, but instead just offer what they have been given because God chose this for our families based on what we could do really well and what we couldn't do at all. We are the perfect person to raise our kids. Well, and I love that encouragement. And I want to go back to what you said about doers in the church, that specifically if you're a female doer, that you're saying sometimes culture will put a different expectation and want you to be maybe looking more like a stabilizer. 
what does that look like for a doer? If you wanted to speak to a doer female right now, what would you say to her? And that's my story. Uh, You know, as a doer, I was called bossy and stuck up, kind of everything you can think of. There's a lot of confidence that usually comes with doers. And so I tried to throw out that part of myself and become a stabilizer. But I was a terrible stabilizer because those are not my strengths. And so for years, I live diminished. And so that is not what I want for doer women. And I have three doer women daughters. And to be able to see them live with self-control, you know, the final fruit of the spirit and know how to manage their weaknesses, but also be able to go out fiercely and fight for causes for the Lord that need to be fought for to not make themselves small in a way that keeps them from offering an organization or a directiveness or a decisiveness that the world so needs. We are not meant to take over. That's not the point. But we have a powerful expression of God. And there is a time and a place for us to step up and use that and not to be diminished. So for doer women, God is proud of who you are. Go be that. And then one final encouragement, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Yeah. Probably as we're listening and hearing these different types, I'm sure we're identifying friends or family members. So now if it's our children, let's just say that the children are one of each type. What Mm -hmm. encouragement do they need to hear from us? I think our children will learn to like themselves if they see us liking them. And what often happens with children is that they show their type more by their weaknesses. It's part of maturation that they start as weaknesses. You normally don't see them as strengths. A doer child is usually very defiant. We don't think, wow, that's a great leader. We think, go to your room and stop yelling at me. So we will oftentimes see them through a lens of weakness. And to be able to, even from the book or from the website, look at some of those types and think, how might that describe my child? And let them hear you describe them in terms that are aspirational. Wow, I love the way that you weren't affected by the opinions of others. That's very independent of you in a way that you can hear God if that's a doer. If you're a connector to say, yes, you may talk a lot, but I love the way that you make us happy or the way that you make us smile or you remind us of what the good is in something. So let your children hear you talk about them in affirming ways. If you have a stabilizer child, let them know that, You love their soft and gentle way because typically they're very caring of like animals and others in their lives. They are highly supportive. Point out some of those characteristics. And with the improvers, if you have an improver child, they are the hardest on themselves. They usually, whether child or adult, have the strongest inner critic. Point out that the reason that they can see what's wrong is because they were made to make things right. And how can they offer us beauty in a way that will serve us well. So remind them of what is good about the way God created them. I appreciate even having that language and to know how to speak into the lives of our own children. With everything that you've studied with personalities, do you see any overlap of these types with things like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or birth order? Oh, of course, all of them. I mean, anything that talks about personality is definitely going to be an overlap. You know, there's the four type system has been used since Hippocrates back in, you know, 400 BC. So four type systems are very similar. The Enneagram being a nine type system, 
you know, sure, you think about there's a couple different types that usually refer to each one. So absolutely, if you're a doer, you're going to be a three likely on the Enneagram. You know, if you're a connector, you're probably going to have some seven in you. There's absolute overlap. Myers-Briggs does things slightly different, but like with extroversion and introversion, you see that. I do not like a description of extroverts as being people who are only energized by others because I have never ever met a woman who does not need a nap or time to herself. So I don't think looking at it as you always need to be with people as the description of you're an extrovert, but thinking about, you know, judging and sensing and and some of the other descriptors, they definitely do fall into this, just not quite as simply. And we're going to have so much to link to in our show notes, so much with your website and these quizzes, and then even previous episodes of the Savvy Sauce if people want to dive further into each of these topics. But Dale, this has just been incredible. If listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you online? Three websites right now. We're going to be converging everything into one. So the main one will be yourauthenticpersonality.com. That's the place to go right now. It's faith-based for moms primarily, but certainly personality is for everyone. Lots of blogs on personality, um, lots of resources to help you with the lies and the truth and all of this. I'm also under my name, which is dalewilshire.com. And I have been blogging there for years on authenticity and people-pleasing. People-pleasing is a way of losing our authentic self. There I'm talking about the eight essentials of authentic living. So that's where um, you can find more information about coaching, speaking, different things there. There's also one called Dale Wilshire Consulting, which is just strictly about my disc training. So if you are interested in kind of leveling this up and maybe taking a disc test, then you can get a lot more information on your personality. But any of those places would allow you to contact me and I'd you know, love to be able to answer questions or help in any way. Wonderful. We'll have that both in the show notes and on our resources tab on our website. And Dale, I have one final question for you today. Listeners know that we're called the Savvy Sauce because savvy is synonymous with practical knowledge. And so as my final question for you today, what is your Savvy Sauce? I love that. For me, I'm very practical. So I think it really goes back to something I said in the beginning that if you can provide definition, which really God has provided definition, but if you can ask him to clarify the definition of how he has made you, again, your values, your strengths, your boundaries, all those different types of things. If you can know what your definition is, then you will have direction for what you should do. This will define why you are here, your purpose for your family, and for the world at large. So everything you can do to learn about yourself in a way that can serve others, I encourage people to do that. Well, Dale, it's been fun just to listen and hear you operate in your strengths and bring this message with power and with clarity. So thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much. It was a delight to be with you. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news, and I want to share the best news with you. But it starts with the bad news. Every single one of us were born sinners, and God is perfect and holy, so he cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, we're separated from him. This means there's absolutely no chance we can make it to heaven on our own. So for you and for me, it means we deserve death and we can never pay back the sacrifice we owe to be saved. We need a savior. 
But God loved us so much, He made a way for His only Son to willingly die in our place as the perfect substitute. This gives us hope of life forever in right relationship with Him. That is good news. Jesus lived the perfect life we could never live and died in our place for our sin. This was God's plan to make a way to reconcile with us so that God can look at us and see Jesus. We can be covered and justified through the work Jesus finished if we choose to receive what he has done for us. Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place. I pray someone today, right now, is touched and chooses to turn their life over to you. Will you clearly guide them and help them take their next step in faith to declare you as Lord of their life? We trust you to work and change the lives now for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are declaring him for me, so me for him. You get the opportunity to live your life for him. At this podcast, we are called Savvy for a reason. We want to give you practical tools to implement the knowledge you have learned. So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone. Say it out loud. Get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes & Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible, and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally, which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps, such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. Luke 15.10 says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The heavens are praising with you for your decision today. If you've already received this good news, I pray that you have someone else to share it with today. You are loved, and I look forward to meeting you here next time.